as the excitement over a new season builds back up in four months or so, you can expect some of these prices to increase even before any games are being played. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Sam Dunks, the weekly NBA show over at Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Sam. If you like what we do here at Slab Stocks and you like the free content, please navigate over to slabstocks.com, scroll down the page to where it says Sunday Slab Inbox Trading Trends, and then enter your email address in that box. Totally free for you to do. Every day you'll just get a couple of emails with some good buy opportunities off of eBay. There's no downside at all for you, but it really would help us uh, continue to do what we do here at Slab Stocks. Today, we are going to be picking up the pieces of the NBA postseason. Last week, I recorded my interview with Dr. Travis Hansen during Game 6 of the NBA Finals. So last week, I didn't end up talking about the Lakers championship at all. And you know, by the way, I thought it was a, a great interview with Dr. Hansen. If you haven't watched that interview yet, you really should just pause the video right here, go and watch that one first. He came with a wealth of knowledge that you know, really is just going to be able to help you in your off-season backup basketball card purchases. So I'm just going to let you pause and I'll wait here. All right, now that you're back, today we will be looking at what type of card movement we've seen on Heat and Lakers stars in the past week or so, what to expect from both of those teams moving into next year, and also what type of NBA bubble trends and storylines we can expect to continue. So there's a lot to cover, only a little bit of time to do it, so let's get started. We're going to First off, bat through these uh, rather quickly. I'm going to be looking at the newly crowned NBA champions, along with the Miami Heat also afterwards. Starting out, though, first with the King, Finals MVP LeBron James. And LeBron's in that class of player that's always just going to be a good investment, and we could look at really any card of his at all, but I'm going to be looking at his 2019 Jam Masters Mosaic. It's one of the cooler inserts from this year's Mosaic product, especially for LeBron, in my opinion. PSA 10s are going most recently for $249, and that's a 35% drop over the past couple of weeks. His green Jam Masters PSA 10s had quite a few more sales, ended most recently at $139. That's only a 14% drop over the same time frame. Obviously, LeBron's one of those you know, top two players of all time. The drop isn't due to anything at all other than the season is done and people are trying to sell with the championship number four as their support. Uh, but, you know, we still just get that off-season dip, even with a guy like LeBron. Uh, next up, Anthony Davis. His Prism Silver update from Chronicles. Quite a few sales over the past two weeks, most recently selling Raw for $135. That's a 26% drop over the past two weeks. This is his first year Lakers card. It's not the type of investment that everyone's into, but it is a cheaper investment and an interesting option for a lot of people. I think Davis showed us this postseason that he's really just not, you know, he's kind of a hard player to place in terms of tiers of NBA players. You know, the skill set is basically unrivaled in the league, right up there with Kevin Durant in terms of the most uniquely diverse skill set. But also we've seen in his years with the Pelicans that he might not be that cornerstone star to really raise the floor of a team year after year. He's easily the best running mate in the league, and if you paired him with any other superstar, it's going to immediately be a championship contender. The most recent buzz is that he's going to re-sign with the Lakers on a two-year deal, or perhaps more likely a, a three-year max with an opt-out after year two. Either way, that would bring his window in line with LeBron's. 
over those next two years, Davis is going to continue to have premium interest in the card market. I do expect the Lakers to try to package a couple different salaries this offseason in an attempt to bring a scoring guard. I'm thinking guys like Buddy Heald, Evan Fournier, Zach Levine. You know, taking some of the scoring burden off their top two guys would really raise both the ceiling and the floor of this Lakers team. But really, when you have AD and LeBron, the chances of winning the finals is just about the highest in the league anyways. You know, so you can expect some heightened interest over the next two seasons as both of these guys play championship level ball in the biggest NBA market. One of the guys who the Lakers will most likely try to move in any trade, in my opinion, is Kyle Kuzma. Uh, the one untouchable guy in their trade for Anthony Davis, he was just pretty putrid throughout the playoffs. A few moments here and there, but you know, mostly pretty bad. In the finals, he had 8.5 points and three rebounds while shooting 35% from the field and 31% from three, and that's it. He was a net negative throughout the finals, too. I do believe that the hype of his rookie summer league is by now completely gone, but I still get people asking me about him quite often. I don't think he's a buy, but he is pretty much dirt cheap. His short-printed court select courtside rookies are selling for an average price of $11 over the past month. Clearly, he just doesn't have much support at all in the card market currently, and I would expect that to continue, especially if he's traded out of Los Angeles. There is a rumor that several clubs are interested in trading for Kyle Kuzma, but I do believe that that's probably most likely the Lakers trying to drum up trade interest, especially right now while his trade value is at an all-time low. And I also don't think of this as a great investment option by any means, but I found it interesting that Alex Caruso's rookie Contenders Auto is actually up since the beginning of the month. It's actually up 24%, most recently selling for $99 on a best offer. He's more of the do-all-the-little-things-support player that any team would really love to have. Perfect fit on this Lakers team next to LeBron. Never going to be a star or anything resembling that, but as a cult hero type of role player for the Lakers, the baseline of support is really pretty strong for Alex Caruso. All right, that's enough Lakers talk. Let's move on over out east to the runner-ups. The most impressive player for the Heat was obviously Jimmy Butler. Uh, that Game 5 performance was one of the greatest single efforts that we've seen in quite some time. 47 minutes, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, 5 steals, and a block. And that's the type of performance that will be replayed on ESPN2 for years to come. After that game is 2012 PSA 9 Prism Base which is not technically his rookie year, but it is essentially his rookie card due to the 2011 lockout. That card shot up 74% on the back of quite a few sales over the last over the last two days, or over those two days. Got as high as $300 one week ago. The most recent sale came on Sunday night at $176. So big, huge gain after that one game, then basically lost it all in the week since. That's to be expected as the offseason sell-off begins and the loss in the finals is coupled with it. Really, like mostly everyone else the past two weeks, this card experienced a 35% drop. So where does it go from here? To be honest, as much as I love the Heat team and a lot of the players on this Heat team, Jimmy Butler turned 31 years old a month ago. While I certainly expect him to have three or four more good years, I really do believe that this playoffs was his career peak. So while I expect the Heat to be contenders again, I don't think you ought to just assume that Jimmy's going to be able to run this back to that extent again. If I were holding any Butler cards with the intent to sell eventually, I honestly just wait a few months into next season while the Heat are still riding a huge wave of support, and then I'm probably selling on Jim Jimmy Butler. 
Uh, one of the other big Heat stories throughout the playoffs was the impressive beyond his years play from Tyler Hero. I'm looking at his Mosaic Orange Reactive PSA 10, most recently and went on auction for $176. That is an 11% drop over the past two weeks, although it's a much bigger 41% drop over the past week. I've said it before, of all of the Hero rookie cards, I really think this one is about the best looking. I love it. Uh, he showed so much moxie in the NBA playoffs as a 20-year-old 20, 20 rookie. He's one guy that I'd definitely be targeting in the off-season market drop. Uh, we'll touch a little bit more on him later. Kendrick Nunn finally got some playing time in the finals and generally played pretty well. He hadn't seen much action until this final series, which you know, was a bit odd since he did play 29 minutes per night in the regular season and was a first-team all-rookie selection. Now, there are a few reasons for that. For one thing, he was one of the players to test positive for COVID-19 before he came to the bubble, which was a bit of a setback for conditioning, obviously. Uh, then he had to leave the bubble, and upon his return, he needed to quarantine for half a week. Again, another setback. On top of that, the Heat shortened up the rotation in the playoffs, as most non-Bucks playoff teams do. Uh, through the regular season, they had 11 players who averaged 20 minutes per night. Down in the bubble, that dropped during the playoffs to only 7 players that averaged 20 minutes per night. Nunn's never been a very consistent 3-point shooter, which hurts in the playoffs. And with Goran Dragic playing just excellent ball in the playoffs, there just wasn't many minutes for Nunn. Of course, Dragic went down before the finals, which opened the door for Nunn's 25 minutes per game through the first five matchups with the Lakers. Uh, he was solid, if unspectacular. 11 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and he shot 49% from the field. I expect him to be a good rotation player moving forward, but I don't think we'll ever see the level of excitement around him again that we did when he was kind of an out-of-nowhere all-rookie performer. He is 25 years old, which seemingly limits his growth potential. His Optic Hollow PSA 10 rookie card is an error card. There's no name on its face. But at the beginning of October, it was selling for $220. The most recent auction ended at $110, so obviously that's a 50% drop. I'm sure we're going to see more growth in his market over the next year or so, but I wouldn't bet on anything astronomical. Last guy to touch base on is Bam Adebayo. He was injured during the finals, which saw him on the sideline for two games and generally impacted him on the court as well when he did play. But over the whole playoffs, he was really quite good. 18 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and a block while shooting 56% from the field. He really became one of the best big men in basketball this year. And really, you can expect a lot of teams to be trying to find the next Bam Adebayo in the years to come. You know, in recent years, so many teams have been in search of a center who can shoot threes. But recently, it's become almost more important to find an athletic small ball center who can just defend well around the arc and quickly dive to the hoop on pick and rolls. Uh, that's one way I think we'll see improvement from a guy like P.J. Washington. Because, you know, it's a copycat NBA league, and I expect the Hornets to try and play him as a very small ball five. You know, so that's something to watch out with Bam, too. If the league starts trying to find their next Bam Adebayo, his card stock should raise just because he becomes the blueprint for what teams are actually trying to recreate. Of course, there is a question of when his extension is going to roll in. All the buzz on the street is that the Heat are trying to maintain cap room in order to sign Giannis Antetokounmpo next offseason. And if that's the case, they won't be extending Bam this offseason. And that could impend his departure the next year, depending on how he and his agent view that. So there's a pretty big question mark looming over him this offseason. And I don't know when we're going to find out the answer to that question. His base prism PSA 10 rookie cards are going most recently for around $200. 
Over the past few weeks, that's a drop, 29%. Generally, I do love Bam. I think he's still a good option for you to invest in, especially if you can score an off-season discount. So, uh, big picture from the post-season, post the week after the finals, everyone drops after their season is over. That's just what happens. You know, this does not mean that the market is collapsing. We see this type of thing every single year. As the excitement over a new season builds back up in four months or so, you can expect some of these prices to increase even before any games are being played. Of course, it wasn't just all Miami and, and Lakers news. There were tons of other storylines from around the NBA bubble that we should consider as we move into the offseason. Uh, what trends can we expect to continue? What breakouts should we believe in? Uh, there were two teams in particular that were very disappointing based on what we expected from them. That was my Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, just looking at each one of them in general terms, first off, you know, there are just a ton of questions surrounding this Bucks team right now. This is the biggest offseason in franchise history. Any move they make this year will have ramifications for the long term of the franchise. Uh, they are completely cash-strapped, like most teams. Uh, so it's going to take some trades, sign-and-trades, or ring-chasing discounts for them to move the needle in any meaningful way. I think the negative buzz around the team has been a bit overblown. You know, we just live with such a reactionary NBA environment. The Bucks were bad from the moment they stepped inside the bubble. You know, some teams, they just really struggled once they got down to Orlando. And now, all of the NBA forums are just saturated with talk of Giannis being overrated, while simultaneously those same people are working on the NBA trade machine trying to figure out how to get Giannis on their favorite team. He's still going to have a super strong level of support, uh, but right now, his cards have cratered after the Bucks' bad bubble showing. For instance, when they were still playing, Giannis's second-year Prism Silver PSA 10 went on auction for $3,550, and post-second-round loss, that same card sold on auction for $1,800. That's a 49% drop. If he returns and takes the Bucks to the finals, or if he doesn't and then moves on to a big market, either way, so many of his cards should be really good long-term investments. I wouldn't be scared away by the huge drop. That just means it's going to be a huge buying opportunity. You know, Storylines are fickle. They're subject to change. And just look at Jimmy Butler, for instance, who went from being considered an absolute locker room cancer to being the 2020 Finals darling. You know, Things change quickly, but if you are carried along with every perception change, you could end up being on the losing end with your money investments. The other guy that took a big reputation. It was Kawhi Leonard. You know, his team really disappeared around him, and he had his own disappearing act in the Game 7 loss to the Denver Nuggets. And, but he's still just 29 years old and just about the best all-around player in the league. On September 13th, when it still appeared that the Clippers were one of the title favorites, his 2012 base prism PSA 10 sort of rookie card was selling on auction for $3,650. Most recently, the same card sold for $1,950. That's a 47% drop, basically just because of one loss. Now Doc Rivers has left the building. Ty Lue is promoted to head coach, and that really should just be a big boon to this Clippers team. I do expect them to be back next year after some off-season roster shaking up, and then Kawhi's cards should rebound in a major way. Uh, who can we expect to continue their bubble play? You know, the easiest answer is any of those young guys that took that leap in the NBA bubble. A lot of guards among them. Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker, and to a lesser extent, you could kind of lump Tyler Hero into this sort of idea. You know, all three of those first guys, they should continue on this recent trajectory. 
it's huge in a young player's career development to be in a moment like these past three months and then perform as well as they did. On top of that, the media narrative surrounding these three young guys in particular, it's going to be just so strong after this bubble experience. I expect them all to be held in national conversations that they just haven't been in up to this point. And if that's the case, you can expect continued strong support on their respective card markets. Plus, on top of all that, some more recent news. The West appears like it might be losing one of the really strong teams of the past half decade. Maybe not, but maybe so. I'm talking about the Houston Rockets. You might have seen that Daryl Morey stepped down as the GM of the Rockets. This is right on the heels of Mike D'Antoni's departure. Look, there are a lot of passionate Rocket fans out there, but none of them is as big of a Rocket fan as Daryl Morey. And he was the absolute biggest James Harden apologist out there. He hitched his career to him. Morey completely altered the way that the NBA plays offensive basketball just by building around Harden's strengths. And now he's decided that he doesn't want to stick around any longer, which, you know, kind of sifting through the tea leaves indicates that he evidently doesn't believe that the, or he evidently believes that the championship window is now closed. If he thought he could win a championship with Harden, he would still be working the phones this offseason. I don't know where the Rockets are going to go from here, but it wouldn't be a huge surprise if James Harden requests a trade. You know, think of any of the bad teams in a big market as likely trade destinations for him. And if the Rockets are going to go the way that I think they will, that would open the door in the West to another young, exciting team, such as the Phoenix Suns, who just missed out on the playoffs. Oh, also, there was another big story. Luka Doncic, he was huge in the playoffs. Uh, he's going to continue right on being a huge story throughout his career. You know, right now, the whole NBA infrastructure seems primed for Luka to win his first MVP award next year. So you can expect several more years of extreme support before we see any sort of narrative shift. So I would expect his playoff support to continue as well. So the bubble was a huge success. Lots of fun for NBA fans. Congrats to the Lakers. You know, capped off a crazy six months in the NBA card community. Now we have the offseason to look forward to, to reset and recalibrate and prepare for next year. And I'm going to be right there with you wading through all the offseason news and rumors and draft and everything else uh, to help you out along the way. All right, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.